Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. And this is Rob, yeah, a.k.a. Rob. Bud. Bud, yeah. You were here not too long ago. No, no. I was here uh, a couple weeks ago, eh? Um, before, I, I know I've I've received a couple of emails going, where the hell happened to Amber? Did you fire her too? I, was, I didn't fight. <laughs> nobody's been fired here. Um, I did mention it in the show tonight mm-hmm. too, but uh, I, I did want to point this out. Um, you know, October is crazy for Amber because she's an author. Amber Rose Hammond's an author. And she, uh, October, she's on the road. She travels a lot. She's going to talks and doing all our stuff because this is her time of the year. Yep. So she's really busy. So we're going to be, you're going to be hearing a lot more from Amber come, you know, after the 31st of this month, after Halloween. So just so people know what's going on. I've had a few people going, what the hell's going on here? Where's Amber at? She's not fired. Mm Mm-hmm. We live in the same house. That would be really, really awkward <laughs> if I did that to her. Don't uh, come into the podcast room. Yeah, you can't. You're, you're not allowed to do that. You know what? You know what? I got. You know what? This is going to be probably really bad to talk about, but uh, I don't really care. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> now you're going to be fired. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we had that actually happen years ago with an old with, a, with another person on the show, mm-hmm. that, and we actually lived together at the time, and he, we separated. Yeah, he had to separate from the show. And we lived together at the Uh-oh. same time, which it was kind of awkward, right? You know, but it, it, that that actually was something that actually happened with our show years ago. Um, and I'm sure old time listeners probably know know the details, and I don't want to go into that; it's mm-hmm. nobody's business. Well, I think is. he's in the Hellbound story you wrote, possibly. <laughs> oh wait! Well, sp- hey, speaking of which, <laughs> spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, no, um, we had a really interesting time tonight. Mm-hmm. I wanted to celebrate Halloween a little bit more this year. Typically with Ghostly Talk, what we do, we kind of just kind of just plow through uh, Halloween and the month of October and just talk about stuff. Because, I mean, really, I mean, a lot of the stuff, if not 90% of the stuff we talk about, it all kind of circulates around that, I guess, or revolves around that. It's all spooky stuff. Yeah. So I've always been like, uh, I've, I've always kind of like, we're celebrating Halloween. And I'm like, well, I think it was. King Diamond I, said I it. I thought dude. we were always celebrating Halloween. Every night to me Every is Halloween. Night. Yeah, right. So, I mean, fine. But this month, you know, with kind of how we're doing the show now, I wanted to have some fun with this thing. So we talked to Addison last week who who does, you know, his own horror type stuff, his his own work. It's a fantastic show if you haven't listened yet. Um we talked a couple weeks ago. You were here just a couple weeks ago, weren't yep. you? Uh, that was, uh, what the hell we talked? We talked to the guy oh God, who did uh, Horror from Pennsylvania. It's only two weeks ago. Yeah. And that, yeah, so yeah. Oh, Tony, uh, yeah, Tony. We talked to Tony. Yeah, Tony Lavorne. Thank yeah, you. you. You know more, you're yeah. doing better than I am. Oh, I just remember you had problems with his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony so, Lavorna. You know, I've been wanting to kind of explore the, the movie stuff this month and mm-hmm. have some fun with that. and. I was really excited to have someone agree to come on the show who's an old friend of mine who was on the show back in the old days. And that's a man by the name of Max Lictor, who is the curator, uh, the main guy at pyramid-gallery.com. I'm going to spoil this for you guys because I've had this, com- we've had this complaint with the show where people say, oh my God, you, you know, I went to your show to listen to paranormal stuff and all you guys talked about was, you know, movies or whatever mm-hmm. guess what guess what <laughs> spoiler alert uh we had the pleasure of having a fantastic conversation with max lictor again from pyramid-gallery.com 
who makes to me the finest replicas of the lament configuration which is featured in in hellraiser the hellraiser films which there's no secret that they're some of my favorites of all time uh especially one and two yep uh and max is a person that we met years ago um you know as through the show here and he was nice enough to come back and chat with us mm-hmm. so it was a lot of fun now Rob, you were here too. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for taking some time and coming and hanging oh, out. Oh, no problem. You're always you're always so goddamn punctual too. Like mm-hmm. you're beyond punctual. You said come at six thirty. I came at six thirty. No, you came at you texted me at like six ten. Like six, yeah, six ten. And I was driving back from CrossFit still. Yeah. In pain. Well, you dying. seem like you're punctual, right? No, it's good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong like, with that. Okay, okay. A good a good friend, John. Right? If he said, "Oh yeah, John, be somewhere at 7, I'm showing up at John's house at 7:45. I'm showing up at like 10 o'clock. Because I know, I know, I know, John's not a punctual guy. I know he's not worried about it. But like, I get the impression from you, like you say 6:30, that means 6:15. Oh no, no, you were right on. That's good. No, <laughs> that's super cool. But I'm like, all right, hey, that's great. You're here, but I gotta hop in the shower. Oh, yeah. man. I'm in pain right now. I just beat the crap out of myself again with the CrossFit thing. So no, I thanks for getting getting here and you yeah, we hung out for the whole show. Yeah, here. no problem. You've been doing some work yourself. We haven't really talked about that here on the show. Oh yeah. What yeah. are you working on? Man? So uh I do some reviews and some retrospectives and some horror writing about horror movies for a couple sites for horror bar horror bound blog and for uh morbidly beautiful. Yeah. yeah um yeah. I do a little bit of something different for each one of them. Uh yeah, yeah. you know one of the sites I do a lot of um, reviews of movie franchises. I did a big one on Hellraiser where I watched all ten of the movies in like two days and then wrote. Dude, like a, that's insane! Like a like a five thousand word screed about all of them, <laughs> right? And then uh, for Morbidly Beautiful, I yeah. do this monthly thing where we do around the world in uh, eighty horror films. Yeah, and I just do horror films from all over the world. I'm like, hey, this yeah. is the history of South African horror, and here's a bunch of horror movies. And yeah. I try to get ones that you can actually stream on the easily accessible streaming program. So uh, I work with a lot of great people on those sites. And uh, yeah. What are the websites again? uh, I just always click on them. But (laughs) Morbidly Beautiful and uh, Horror Bound. Um, They're very, uh, very good content. Horror Bound is a very cool one uh, because we get a lot of, um, it's horrorbound.net. Uh, a lot of the guys that write on the site, the guys and the gals that write on the site, uh, they have their own horror fiction that they write. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you go there, there's not only like horror movie reviews and retrospectives and stuff like that, but there's also uh, a group, good group of writers that are doing horror shorts and, you know, original horror content. It's pretty cool, right? I'm not creative enough to do that thing, that type yeah. of thing. Like yeah. I can, I can write a thousand words about Chud every day right <laughs> but to create something really spooky coming out of their imagination it's pretty cool they get a lot of that stuff on there it comes out pretty regularly yeah uh that's cool yeah, yeah it's, thanks for letting me get the shout out in. i haven't got it no, the last no, couple times no, i was in no man. it's happy no it's cool i mean mm-hmm. it's and i guess you know we're gonna be doing we're talking about doing some like we're gonna do some type of cross-pollination there too yeah. it's a matter of, like i just sent it to you when we were just before we turned the recorder back mm-hmm. on here i'm like yeah i I finally got a response from you guys. Uh, you know who? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. So we're gonna. She's like, "What do you got in mind?" I saw the mm-hmm. email. I did see it. I'm like, "I got to respond to this. I got to yeah. figure this thing out." So we're gonna do some cross pollination with that thing too. You know, I mean, it is the month of October. Happy Halloween, people! Uh, and I and I wanted to celebrate it a little bit more with fun stuff this mm-hmm. month. And there's nothing more fun to me than the Hellraiser films, especially one and two. Like I said. 
Those are movies that are just rooted in my DNA. They're a part of me. Uh, and we all love those movies. And Max, uh, you know, these things look amazing. Yeah, there his his art, you know, his expression, his work with these boxes is incredible. And as you're going to learn, if you didn't hear the old show we did with him back in like 2004, you're going to learn that this his stuff's that good that it tricked me a couple of times. His stuff was just that convincing. Mm-hmm. How awesome his art is, as far as tripping me up. Please enjoy this show. Our show with Max Lictor. I have to start this conversation off with a story. I told this story the last time we had the guest that we have on tonight, the last time he was on our show, and that was about 14 or 15 years ago. And I'll keep this story brief, I promise. I like to tell people that in like 2003, 2004, I went through this insane Hellraiser obsession. and and. In regards to those of you out there who aren't hip enough, um, the movie Hellraiser, the the franchise Hellraiser, all these amazing films, and I just went completely crazy. I was watching and you know reading anything I get my my grubby little hands on. Excuse me, I would watch it or read it or whatever. So one day, this is now at the same time I was working midnights. At work, I was at I, the first and only time I'll ever work midnights in my entire career. So I had a lot of time to kind of sit around because there wasn't much going on at nighttime. So I, I come across, um, you know, a handful of of just interesting, weird Hellraiser fan sites and whatnot. And then I came across this site called PyramidGallery.com, and I'm like, I start like reading into the site, and it starts telling. Anybody who's familiar with Hellraiser, you're familiar with the Lament configuration, which is the box. The puzzle box. You opened it, we came, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this website I found called the pyramidgallery.com was going into all these boxes, you know, the story behind these boxes. And I was fascinated. I was totally drawn in. So doing ghostly talk at that time, I'm like, we got to get this guy on because Philip Lamarchant, the creator of the Lament Configuration, this this website had me convinced that this was a real guy. Mm-hmm. This was a real this was a real person. So I immediately re, uh, sent an email to the curator curator, if I remember correctly, it was curator at pyramidgallery.com and said, "Look, I do this this goofy show. I really want to talk to you. This is ins- this is completely crazy. I have to talk to you about this. I am fascinated with this stuff. I didn't know it was real. Blah 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 blah. Send." So I start, after that, start doing a little bit more due diligence. And I'm like, well, Philip Lamarchand, I mean, he's got to be a real person. So I start trying to find, even, even 15 years ago, the internet was still pretty vast with information. Uh, and I couldn't find a damn thing. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, what the hell's going on here? What's going on here? And then I realized that what I had fallen into was a really, really, really well done Hellraiser fan fiction site. Awesome. So I sent another email <laughs> to the curator and said, hey, I'm a bit embarrassed right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm a bit embarrassed, but you know what? I think you're cool. I think what you did here is really awesome. Let's, 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 would you like to still come on the show? To which Max Lictor um, was like, I'm totally, I'd love to come talk to you guys. And he did. And we've known each other since then. Um, we reconnected a handful of years ago on the Devil's website, Facebook. Uh oh. Right? <laughs> That's the lament configuration yeah, for the yeah. 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> Max, I want to Max, I want to say first off, thank you for coming, taking some time to come talk to us again here. Um, it has been like fifteen years, fourteen, fifteen years. Yeah. Right? It's been that. Well, long. thank you for having me back yeah. on. Uh, that story is one of my favorite stories I've ever heard concerning <laughs> the gallery, and uh, you've 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 told it uh, a few times. I, I remember hearing it when you interviewed Doug Bradley. You told him about your uh, yeah nocturnal. Uh, <laughs> encounter with the gallery so yeah no that's one of my favorite stories and that's exactly why why i created it because it's that type of response i was always turned on by uh the um oh the orson wells um you know halloween edition where they uh did war of the Worlds, you know and, and, and fooled a lot of people into thinking that something was happening uh, and so that was kind of my inspiration for the gallery even way back then when i created the site in 2001 yeah and what was even more amazing Max was yeah we did reacquaint a few years ago on the Devil's website right and yes, yes. this is part two I'm sorry I'm gonna keep it brief but it's worth it believe me now one thing I didn't mention about the Pyramid Gallery your site Max is that you do replicas of the Lament configuration you've been doing this for how many years now oh man it's been since like I said maybe around two thousand or so so we're we're yeah. getting close to twenty years now. I know you can go on, you can probably go on Amazon, anywhere you want, eBay, somewhere, and get yourself, you know, a reproduction, uh, a painted box with the, with the design on there, and you can put it out there in a glass case like Dr. Chenard did on part in Hellraiser 2, and, you know, be yes. the talk of the town, right? Yes. But you have to, I think if you want to go the full nine, go big or go home. And in this case, <laughs> going big would be to go... To the and am I screwing the website up because I, I I'm blanking on that. It's pyramidgallery.com, right? There's a dash in there. Pyramid-gallery.com. Pyramid I just yeah I thought it was that too. Thanks. So pyramid-gallery.com. Max does the reproductions of these boxes proper. They move. Wait, wait, wait. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll <laughs> or get do to they? That too. Or do they open a gate to hell and no, Cenobites no. come out? <laughs> no, we'll get to that. So still working on. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, anyways, like, yeah, I've, you've been doing this for many years, like you said, almost 20 years now, and mm -hmm. we've all been fascinated with it. So, a few years ago, when we re 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 reconnected on Facebook, we were chatting one day, and you're like, dude, give me your address. And I'm like, well, why? You know, and he's like, well, <laughs> I'm going to send you a lament configuration. I'm like, well, yeah, give me, well, tell me how much it is, and, I'll, and I'll, he's like, no, I'm going to send you one of these things. I'm like, but why? I'll be happy to pay for it. And he's like, listen, dude. And I remember you said this to me, and it really kind of made me tear up a little bit, to be honest with you, Max. You're, you know, 
Max, literally, you said, you know, hey, dude, when we met, you guys really took me seriously when we were when I was just starting out and I didn't have any money. (laughs) He's like, now I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing well and I want to send you one of these things. So, Max, I gave you my I give you my address and I'm sorry, I'm probably I I hate to be I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Max. Um, No, but um, yeah, you gave me I gave you my address and I'm thinking, okay, you know, whatever. This guy's busy. He's got stuff to do. You know, he's not going to get around to this. Um, about three days later, I come home from work and there's this box sitting on my, there's a box sitting on my porch. I'm like, and I, I, but I mean, I, my mind fills with so much other crap. I'm like, where the hell is box from? And I don't ever get anything. Amber gets all the cool stuff. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, "Eh." okay. So I grab it and it says, it has my name on there and it says pyramid gallery. I'm like, Ooh, my God, (laughs) this is Max. Open it up and guess what I have? You know what? And I, I'm going to probably take a minute to run upstairs and grab it from my office. Um, Max sent me, and I'm talking to you now, Rob. Um, Max sent me this box. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, Max, I, I haven't had a chance to tell you this, it's at least on the phone. It is absolutely one of my most top prized possessions now. I am, it's one of my most... Oh, wow. It's one of the things I am so proud of when, when people come by to visit, you know, people that have never been here before. They end up in my office usually with all the records and stuff like that. And I always point at the cabinet and with this glass case that I bought um, that has the, the lament configuration sitting in there. And I say, and I tell this very story to them and I say, this guy, we had him on the show years ago and this guy didn't forget about us. And well, that would have been about 10 years later. He sent me this, you know, and it's, um, it's one of my favorite things I have now, Max. And I really... That's one, of the, that's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on here was just to tell you that, to be honest with you, man, because it really did blow my mind when you sent that to me. Well, thank you so much, man. Like I said, your story about discovering the gallery uh, during your all-night sessions, that's just one of my favorite stories. It's also in rhythm with what I was wanting to do. You know, I, I wish I would uh, have more and more people that uh, thought that the gallery was a real thing because that's exactly kind of the little you know, the, no, it's not a joke, but it's. I think there's something to that that um, takes you a bit deeper than, than um, just finding something that's, you know, a, 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 it's like they have the Blair Witch Project when it first came out. Yeah. A lot of, there's a number of people thought that that was a real thing, you know, so, and, you know, it's, it's just it's that type of experience, I think, is, um, I think you've got the, the whole package as far as discovering the gallery that way, you know. Well, that's a really great way to, uh, compare it too, because you know it's another story I tell people about, and it was about the Blair Witch Project. I remember when that came out. I mean, it was a marketing, it was a piece of marketing genius. They had a I mean, website, right? They had they had everything. It was a piece of marketing genius, and we all thought it was real. We went to yeah. we, we we got early tickets at the main art theater here in Royal Oak, Michigan, not too far from where the studio is here, and um, you know, we got early tickets for that because we were so excited because we're like, dude, this is like a found footage film. They found these tapes buried yep. in the woods. And right. dude, what the hell? And this is like, this was a game changer as we know now. But we walked in there with this idea and we left there with that same idea going, oh my God, this thing was real. Right, oh my God, right. these people died. And some, this is proof that there's, there's, there's ghosts and witches and shit too. Like we walked out of there going, oh my God, it's all answered for us now. We, well, they we, had a uh, missing persons reports for yeah. some of the oh, yeah, actors. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, they went whole hog. Now we can't, now we, and I can't remember 
which uh, I think it was either Sci-Fi Channel or one of the history. They had a, 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 a like a, basically a false documentary thing about the Blair Witch that they aired on one of those channels, which was the thing that caught me. Yeah, yeah. And once I realized what they were doing, I was because I was working on the gallery at that very time to release the gallery. So it was very interesting to me to see this kind of. Uh, you know, this work you yeah know, yeah that was being done by this, this film company so it's the same idea though you're 100 percent right max because yeah i mean i well you, we, we know that you got me mm-hmm. <laughs> you <don't, laughs> but you know but i'm well, happy for that reason for that reason that's why i want definitely to, to to get you a box because it was it meant so much to me that somebody was able to, to get the full experience you know of, of discovering the gallery in that way now here's part three uh-oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, but this is, but you asked this question about, you know, what, what kind of box is it, mm-hmm. Rob? You, you're like, dude, so you, you, the box, you know, we got the, I got a glass case for it, Max. And I, and mm-hmm. I set it in there and I'm like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And like I said, it sits in my office today as we speak. And one day I was screwing with it. Okay. I'm sitting there messing around with it. And you know, in the movie, you see people take the box and there's that circle on the one side. Yeah. And people, that's how, that's like the main way to open it. You take your thumb and you run it around that circle mm-hmm. or your finger or your and index finger. And the little finger, thing pops up and, the and thing it pops twists. Up. So I do that just as I, <laughs> I'm being funny. Look at me, I'm in, I'm in Hellraiser. I take the thing and I run my finger around a little bit and all of a sudden it starts playing music. And I, I'm not going to lie, I nearly shit myself right in the hallway of my house, Max. Because... <laughs> I didn't. I had. I, I didn't. You knew it was a music. Box. No, no, dude. I had no idea. I, I mean, I probably oh, wow. did it. I probably did it one time, but I don't remember anything anymore. So I turned that thing. And, I mean, I was like, "Oh my god!" I actually started to scream for a second. Amber runs in the room. She's like, "What the hell?" I'm like, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's a music box." That motherfucker got me. He got me again. He got me again. The guy totally. That's awesome. No, and it was you know. <laughs> And people play it. I love to turn that thing and let the music play. It's beautiful. It's and I should I forgot to grab it and bring it down here. Uh, if I get a minute, like I said, I'm going to run up and grab it so we can look at it. Uh, or if not, we'll look at it after the show. Yeah, Rob, you'll either way. It. But yeah, thanks again for that. I I, I really mean that, Max. Um, it's one of the nicest things I think somebody's ever done for me. And I just wow, man. I, I really wanted to you know if anything, tell you that tonight. Uh, that that this, it was a really seriously amazing thing someone did for me, and, and I'll never forget it, man. Uh, so yeah, oh, man, thank you so much, Scott. That's that's a wonderful story to hear. No, it's cool. So all right, all the feels aside. <laughs> so now I would I do want to ask you a couple things because I don't know if we ever really got into this stuff. Last time we had you on, we talked about all kinds of crazy stuff, but we didn't really talk about the nitty gritty of this thing. You started doing the pyramid gallery like what ninety nine two thousand? You said. Yeah, well, I've been like, uh, I worked as a telephone operator, so in, and it's just this monotonous job that I was doing. So in the mean, between calls, I'd be designing this website that I, that I always wanted to do, you know, from like, I think I first got my first computer like in 95 or something like that. But um, so I spent the probably five years kind of thinking it through and coming up with, the, you know, the, the base, uh, the first version of the site. Yeah. And I released it, I think, in like 2001. I was making boxes I was selling on eBay for maybe a year. And then I finally got the site off um, the ground. And, uh, yeah, that, that was the beginning of that. So, yeah, it, 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 I took my time designing it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously this came from – is it was it your fascination with the lament configuration or the box itself or with hellraiser the film the films the hellraiser films 
Yeah, all of the above, but particularly the box. Um, and also the idea, there was a graphic novel that came out to support the uh, Hellraiser comics that Clyde Barker released in the 90s. And uh, one of the side comics was a, a, called Book of the Dam, Volume 3, which was the, the journal of Philip Le Marchand, who was this French architect oh, yeah. and designer. And um, so that, and it talked about how he not only made the Lament configuration being his first box, his first creation, but he also made like over 270 other boxes. And so I was, and then it, sort of, it gave like this uh, basic layout of maybe like four or five different designs, you know, the Triumph of Judas and yeah. Love's Easy Tears. And, uh, and so anyway, this idea of these different boxes just floored me. I was like, I, I want to know what these look like. I want, you know, I wanted more from this, from this, this graphic novel because it, it really lit my fire as far as, you know, uh, going beyond the Hellraiser story and just be also just beyond the Pinhead story because a lot of what the sequels do is just try to make him into a, a Freddy Krueger type character. But I was attracted to something a little bit deeper that was in the that the first two movies are my favorite movies from that whole series. I think there's probably like ten different movies at this point. There's nine but, uh, now. Yeah, there's ten. Is there ten now? Ten. Judgment's ten. Oh yeah, Judgment is ten. Nine yeah. was a piece of shit. But anyways. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nine was good. Oh, like God. Nine. No. Sorry, Max. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But, yeah, those first two movies, though, uh, I was floored by. And so the, the graphic novels that came out <clears throat> at that time were basically during the time when they were getting ready to release Hellraiser 3. So a lot of that lore, a lot of the, the writing that people were doing for those comic books were based on just those first two movies. So I was down with that. And uh, that's kind of where I took off with it. I wanted more of that and less of the... the direct-to-video sequels, you know? Well, yeah, you know, and obviously I've had lots of conversations myself with a lot of people on Hellraiser, and I'm with you on that 100%, Max. The first two, you know, those are the movies for me. Now, I can comment on all of them in the series, basically, because I think all of the ones in the series, I would say up to eight. Uh, Judgment Mm -hmm. was okay. Judgment was all right. The one where they were in space, bro. Come on, no, that was that was bloodline. Right. That was interesting. The one where they were in space. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. The first two, yeah, they're brilliant. However, I would I'm gonna even whittle that down some more because like a lot of really amazing, infamous characters in cinema, and I'll put that across all genres. I mean the Blues Brothers, for example, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. the Blues Brothers, not to take this into the weeds, but the Blues Brothers were this really hilarious duo, but they were dark. They were sinister. Mm-hmm. You never saw their eyes, right? There was right. something very dark and sinister about them. So you had that movie. Well, the don't Blue- tell John Belushi wanted to um, to woo Carrie Fisher to get back in her uh, graces. You know when she was trying to kill them, he took off his glasses. I think. Yes. Well, he had black. Didn't he have black around his eyes though? Then, I thought he had some. He had dirt all over his it's face, like mud, or he was there. They were in the alley or something. But you're right about that. The, they were in the sewer. They but, were in the I mean, sewer underneath the bridge. Yeah. And she had the rocket <laughs> yeah. launcher. But okay, but yeah. you no. Know, same thing goes for for the Cenobites. Now, well, what, what I was saying about the Blues Brothers was that movie. Yeah, it set the tone for this amazing duo. This these characters, um, and it's like okay, I can wonder. I can wonder now after this movie about the adventures they may have went on before and after that, right? And have mm-hmm. all these great yeah. stories in my head. Um, and then they made Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> now, I yeah, know Belushi was, Belushi was gone way, way before that, unfortunately. Rest in, rest in peace. Um, yeah. But they didn't need to do it, right? No. Now, I, and, this may, and I, I don't want to make this... Well, it's going to get ugly in here. Uh, mm-hmm. But so the original <laughs> Hellraiser was, to me, mystifying. 
I had never seen anything like these characters before. They were grotesque. Pinhead was grotesque, but he was poetic at the same time, which we saw that develop more and more as the as the films were released. Um, mm-hmm. But there was just this beauty about them along, you know, well, obviously they, they looked really cool, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but they, it covered all the grounds. And I remember seeing that going, where the hell did these things come from? I know hell, whatever. Yeah. No, that's something else. There's something else happening here. So I, I, my mind would wonder about this, about before and after the movie, you know, the events yeah. that happened in the original Hellraiser, right? And I could have been good right there. There could have been one Hellraiser. And I would have been like, okay, there's that movie, Hellraiser, that badass movie called Hellraiser, and I watch it every, like, twice a month, you know, mm-hmm. that's that badass movie called Hellraiser. <laughs> um, and then they made two, which to me is phenomenal. But I tell you right now, they could have just left it at one, and I'd have been happy sure. as hell, right? Because we got... Yeah. No, it's a work of art. It really is a work of art. It's a that, total that, work of art, yeah. There's nothing else really like it, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's on its own as far as set apart from so much of the movies that were coming out. I mean, there's other great horror movies, but uh, yeah, that's, it's obviously it's a favorite of mine. Yeah. Part two is phenomenal. Also. I mean, to me, part two is one of the most artistically bloody films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's a complete, oh, yeah. it's, it's a mess. Really gory. It's a mess. Well, the female villain in that one is much more terrifying than, oh, yeah. than the, than the, yeah. like, the uncle in the first. Right? Oh yeah. The yeah, stepmother. Totally. Like she was just, there was just something. Oh, it was, but it was, it was a bloodbath, but we got a backstory. Yeah. It was cool because you saw her arc uh, starting from, you know, just basically uh, someone who was cheating on her husband to becoming the queen of hell. You know? yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. So, but we got the backstory. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of, it didn't bum me out. I enjoyed the hell out of it because I watched that movie just as much as I watched the original Hellraiser. But my whole point was they could have just made Hellraiser and said, all right, well, that's it. We're not doing any more. And I'd have been like, mm-hmm. okay, I got all this time and space to wonder about it. We got two. We got to see the humanity in the Cenobites, right? And right, that, right. And which I thought was amazing. I mean, I like that. I like it. I like to see that. I like it. It's great. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, they're humans? Well, that kind of ruins it for me. I, I, don't, right. I, don't, I want to wonder what the hell they are. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. There's so much mystery involved with the first movie. Like you said, if they would have left it off of that, there would have been so many uh you know theories on what they wore and what their motives the cenobites motives are and why are they called cenobites and and you know things like that so i mean there's um i I, i'm with you as far as keeping the mystery uh, alive and i think hellbound might have ruined that for a lot of people who maybe were thinking of something different um uh, with the arc of how the first movie was was, uh, originally played yeah yeah and i mean I, it's it's one of those things like I think there's some movies that just shouldn't have been made. Hellraiser two, Hellbound is not one of them. I mean, I liked I mm-hmm. that movie. It should have been made. I'm really happy it was made. I'm happy it's here, right? Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. still have that piece of me that goes. It could have just been the one movie though, and well, it's nothing. It's just it's just a, it's it's a just a weird thing I've thought about for years. Even with that, so if you look at like the big like horror franchises, none mm-hmm. of them have like the fan world. Like Hellraiser does, right? No, there's people that are obsessed yeah. with this, right? So, so you know, uh, your website, you guys make the, you know, the lament configurations. Nobody's out there making mock yeah. Jason masks. Nobody's out there knitting <laughs> Freddy sweaters. Nobody's no. out there building fan 
sites and and fan stories and all this fan fiction and art for for you know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? But Hellraiser, for some reason, has this weird kind of like this fan world that like you you, you get with like a like a Star Wars or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Where right. There's this whole world building, and I think it's what Scott's talking about. Where the first one was just like what. What is going on? And everybody else just put the own, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together themselves. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah, very cool. Now that you know, that's another piece here of this thing. And Max, I think we didn't I send this to you because there, are, you know, there's Cenobite dot com that website. I think it's yeah. still around too. Um, they had a whole fan fiction section there. Oh and, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the old guard there. I uh, I joined the Cinebyte.com. That was one of the first sites I discovered back in, like yeah. I said, 95 when I first got my uh, computer. And uh, yeah, they had a, a forum that I was a part of for many years. And a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I did for the gallery was, was with uh, fellow uh, board members there. And uh, oh, that's cool. I got, I got to meet all kinds of different artists and writers and, you know, people that are enthusiasts um, yeah. with, uh, with the Hellraiser box and things like that. Now there's a fan fiction site there. I don't know yes. if we've talked about this or not, Max. I wrote a fan fiction story for that <laughs> for that website. Um, I think I remember that. I don't, what was what was it about? I, I, it was called it Ghost, was about it, Ghostly Talk. Yeah, it was about it was called Ghostly Talk in Hell. It was actually the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> that now. Yes. And I actually wrote a comedy. I, I, I yeah. And Rob, this is all news for you. Um, is it Ghostly Talk in Hell? It's called Ghostly Talk in Hell. And it was about me and you know our old host Doug and and another old guy from the show Will, a story about us bumping into the Cenobites. I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna send a link. I might post a link on the website to it so people can get a laugh out of it. I wrote the damn thing yeah, cool. in 2004, uh, and I'm like, well, I want to try something different with this because I mean, all the fan fiction on that site is phenomenal. It's so beautiful and visionary, and you can see what people were going for. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, well, I could write something too, but I want to try something different. And I'm like, I wonder if I could try to throw a little comedy in this thing, you know, and, and try to, you know, it's just for fun, obviously. Um, and I, and I did, and I'm, I think I'm going to link, I'm going to link that thing up because that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Rob's, is it, reading, is it, Rob's reading is it, is it right still now. still there on the uh, Cinebyte.com? I haven't checked in a while. Archived? You know what? Let me, let me I, I haven't checked in a while. I like how, I like how Scott describes himself in the first paragraph. A short yet very handsome, long-haired man. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that, that, well, that's the whole thing, though. That, that illustrates what you were saying, though, Rob. Uh, is this idea? You know, this is beautiful. Giggling ensues. This is beautiful. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to link it up on the on the uh, on the website. Yeah, I'm gonna send it for, to you with this posting. Good. It's so yeah, like. But you have this army of people out there who I think were mystified the same way that we were, Max, when we were first when we first were exposed to these movies, or the or, or at least yeah. the original Hellraiser. Um, I think that myself, at least, like my my takeaway from Hellraiser the first time I saw it was, okay, we're talking about something on the next level here. This isn't just your you know your average slasher film here. There's a purpose to the carnage. Um, mm-hmm. And I never, you know, was exposed to something philosophically that, you know, had that idea about murder and about torture and about, you know, the idea of what hell may be. You know, it gets you into a lot. Like I said, it gets you into a lot. Of, you know, even even 
a, a spiritualistic idea, right? Uh, of, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we have all these ideas that kind of have been melded into Hellraiser over the years. You know, even in, you know, yeah, the direct-to-video one, you know, installments, which, I mean, I know you've seen them all, Max. Um, oh, yeah. There's a, you know, and I mean, there's something to be said. Yeah, three was kind of corny because that's when they started getting goofy with the Cenobites and you got CD Man right. and you got... That Del- was the zombie one where the Cenobites spread like a plague. Yeah, yeah, they basically yeah. wiped out a whole right. nightclub, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that was the big budget one. However, there's some pretty, there's some pretty great one-liners in there from from pinhead for example and the soundtrack the soundtrack was excellent yeah yeah um you know but one of my favorite lines i think it was from three you know it's like somebody sees pinhead and it's like oh my god he's like do you think i look like someone who cares about what god thinks and he you know he's he wipes the dude out or something like that just great one-liners and stuff like that now i like bloodline that's the one you're talking about space right uh earlier Mm -hmm. um and I thought that was a fascinating movie because it tried, you know, it attempted to go back into the history of the Lament configuration uh, and, mm-hmm. and try to explain how this thing's traveled over, over centuries, right? Um, right. It, it was a little short. They, they cut a lot of, they, that movie was short. The theatrical release of that was like an hour 20. I remember that was the only complaint. Well, you know, they, they, they were, uh, it was kind of doomed from the start because it became an Alan Smithy film. Um, you guys are aware of what the Alan Smithy thing is, right? Where a director yeah. doesn't want to have his name put on the film, and so they they called it now directed by Alan Smithy. Yeah. So uh, that basically the director it basically fell apart, and they didn't. They finally had somebody come in, but nobody put their name to it. But it was basically um, the vision for it uh, basically fell apart uh, after soon after they started filming it. But, yeah, um, I remember leaving there going, man, they could have, they, they could have done like another half an hour of that. And I would have mm-hmm. been blown away because of my obsession with the, with the, with the franchise. Mm-hmm. Right. Inferno. There's actually, there's that, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's actually a, um, uh, a direct, not a director's cut, but there's a, there was a, a friend of ours from the Helldown web, cinebite.com had a, a, a VHS, that from the original work prints and so there's a lot of scenes that didn't get uh, put into the film itself i actually have mm-hmm. that so, i have a copy of that too and, oh excellent and Very it does cool. add it does add another half an hour to the movie makes it much longer yeah. actually and yeah it's it's kind of jerky to watch because you have like the clean beautiful shots that they you know they put in the theatrical version and then you have these punch-ins yeah. <laughs> of these you know right. kind of rough cuts they didn't do anything with but it does tell the story and it does alter it a little bit mm-hmm. it's cool you know mm-hmm. um you know inferno that was uh the one after bloodline yeah, so so what, those ones that come after yeah yeah those i wonder how much of those got inspired from the fan fiction that was created because the fan fiction is like people writing themselves into the Hellraiser world, like like an anthology. Yeah, yeah. And that like mm-hmm. that sweet spot of like five, six, seven, eight, nine are all kind of like anthologies. They're not really connected. They're all different kind of You're stories. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Inferno really is a standalone movie. It. I mean, yeah. eh, and three kind of is a standalone movie too. I mean, yeah. Um, Inferno, I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I, pers- I I personally thought it was really good. As far as a movie, I mean, yeah, I mean it, it has the it has the name Hellraiser on it. But as far as a good like 
the thriller, drama, mystery, noir, crime with, noir. Yeah, with a with a hand with, right. with with the Cenobites running. You know, with, with basically Pinhead. There really wasn't anybody else. Well, there was the engineer, which I thought was a super cool character. Yeah, I thought the engineer right. was badass. Um, you know, hunt for the engineer, and the engineer hunts for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was a really badass character. Um, you know, it was six was Hellseeker. Yeah, Hellseeker was. Yeah, six. that was the return of Christy Cotton. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Uh, all right, I dug it. Uh, Deader was that it? Yeah. Was the Russian? Yeah, sex orgy. Yeah, the, the sex orgy yeah. one. Yeah, uh, then Hell World. That's the one where he's in the internet. The internet. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, it was. The, right. It was the party one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and then yeah, there was what. Revelations. Uh, no, before Revelations, there is. Uh, so the one oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Revelations, Revelations is the one where uh, Pinhead possesses a teen boy. Yeah, I remember watching it one time. Like this is, right. what I can't deal with it. Yep. I can't deal with and it. And then Revelation yeah. is when they went. Revelation is the one where they have. That's like, the one that looks like Saw. Yeah, they got like tons of lament configurations, and there's yeah. like that weird scene at the beginning where yeah, like, I remember it now. the naked fat ladies are eating pieces of paper yeah, that yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. puked up into a tube or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they try to make it look like Saw. But that they one had all has fast shots and all the extreme gore and the torture porn shit and all and, that. And, was, and, and <laughs> Pinhead fights God at the end. But that one yeah. has a bunch of lament configurations and a bunch of different ones. Yeah. You're right. right. Yeah. So I only watched it once. I just like. Uh, yeah. There's the. the this is, which, which one was this? this the Revelations? Revelations. Yeah. Or Judgment? Uh, the, the most okay. recent one. The one from that last year. was Judgment, year. I thought. Was it Judgment? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a guy. He's uh, like a. I don't know what they call him. They call him the auditor or something. He's got a bunch of scars on his face. But there are a bunch of lament configurations. Like in his office. All in different glass cubes. And they all look right. different. Yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah, Revelations, and what the heck? I'm looking at the actual list right now, and... Judgment, Hellraiser Judgment, was that the last one that, that came was, out? Uh, I'm looking at the stupid thing here. What the heck's going on here? It's the one he fights God. That's the one. The one he fights God. <laughs> he, he fights, fights God. He fights <laughs> God. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Judgment, 2018. Yeah, it was Judgment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was it was a fun watch, but like I said, it looked like Saw. They tried to just you know just using that template, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, right. come on, man, it's Hellraiser. It's you don't need all that extra <laughs> crap. It's Hellraiser. The the Cenobites walk in, everybody sheds their pants. You don't right. <laughs> you don't need all the extra blood and guts and stuff like that. But no, I mean, it's a yeah, it's those a, were done by uh, Gary Tonicliffe, who has been working on the films from at least I think three. He might have had something to do with some of the boxes in part two as well. But yes. he's been the main guy who's uh, been putting on the makeup. Uh, for Doug Bradley uh, playing Pinhead, and uh, yeah, that's he's he put out a fan film that you can find on YouTube called No More Souls, which is a really I, I, I liked it a lot. It, it was something that appeared on one of the uh, DVDs that oh, got really? released. It may have been on Hellseeker, I think. That's cool. Now I, I totally took us into the weeds for like the last half hour. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, this Max. Is, uh, this is um, cool. What's that? Yeah, it's like a six-minute uh, fan film here. Oh, okay. And it's made by the guy. Yeah, it's it's made by him. He's the special effects guy. I'm gonna send yeah, you this. Exactly. Send me that. I'm gonna send you yeah. this too, Scott. Thank you. No, I, yeah, as you I was saying, enjoy that. I think it's better than the other movies he actually uh, made later on, the full length movies. Oh, cool. But uh, he actually Gary plays Pinhead in this one, an aged, and it's like Pinhead at the end of the at the end of the uh, age when mankind is all but disappeared off the earth. So there's no more no more souls. Basically, is what the name comes oh, from. Oh, dude, yeah, definitely send me that, Rob. That yeah. sounds so cool. I sent it to you. It was at the end of it was a mini movie attached to Deader. It looks like. oh, Deader. Okay, yeah. really. Yes. 
Okay. It says it's it was posted <laughs> it was posted on YouTube 13 years ago. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So in 480p. I can't yeah. believe how how much time has passed. It's, it's crazy. insane, it really man. It, it really is. Now I totally derailed this here. Like I said a second ago. Um, now one of the things you do, uh, Max, with the Pyramid Gallery is you go to and uh, we we love going to these too. I mean, well, you go to a lot of the horror conventions with with this. Yeah. Set, right. Yeah. I started doing that in like 2012. So I took my time to get into the convention circuit, like, you know, almost 12 years to get that, maybe 11 years. But uh, yeah. I had the gallery online since like 2001. But my first convention was in, uh, there was a Hellraiser reunion in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, it was called uh, Monster Mania. And uh, yeah, that, that was one of my first shows. But I've been uh, trying to do as many as I can since then. But uh, yeah, well, and the horror conventions are fun. Uh, we go to as many as we can, at least what time allows. Um, and you know, I mean, it's obviously a place, you know, the conventions are places you can get stuff that you normally can't get. Uh, and you meet cool people and stuff like that too. Um, oh, yeah. and we'd always bump into Sid Haig, rest in peace also. He would always be at all the conventions yeah. here in Detroit and he was always fun to chat with and say hi to. Uh, and I just enjoy conventions in general are fun. Horror conventions. They do bring out a, a different breed though. I found <laughs> they can be, Oh yeah. there's some fanatics. You know, and here's the thing, like there's just some me and me and Amber were talking about this a couple of days ago, and I might take a little shit for this, but so horror, I mean, I know and I think I've said this before, I, the older I get, the less of a stomach I have for horror in general, right? I mean, obviously mm-hmm. Hellraiser is near and dear to my heart, and it's something that'll never it's something that I'll always be in love with and the movies and anything attached to it. Um however you know, horror in general, it's just, I don't have the stomach for it like I used to when I was younger, right? So, right. you know, I find myself kind of steering away from that. I mean, not for I'm doing the 31 days of Halloween challenge right now and I'm watching a shitty Halloween movie every day or a horror movie every day <laughs> right now, but they're not all bad. I've watched some really good ones, actually. Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, horror, like, you know, gore and slasher films and stuff like that, I find myself kind of steering away from that a lot more now. It just disturbs me. Yeah. I just can't deal with it, right? So right. I found myself going to some of these conventions, and you know, I'll just say it what it is. Some of these people I've met there, I'm like, okay, you really need to talk to somebody. <laughs> you need to have a conversation <laughs> with somebody. Because, I mean, it's like every splatter, slasher, blood gore guts thing, they're obsessed with it. And I think, you know, maybe, and it's a matter of taste. Okay. And right. maybe for me, it's this thing where it's like, you know, like Hellraiser, for example, for me, you know, even the worst, you know, we, we, we considered like the, the lesser of the films of the Hellraiser franchise. To me, we're still, still very artful, still very graceful. Mm-hmm. They were, they were crazy. They were scary, but there was art behind that. They were very artistic films. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, what we see a lot, that's why I mentioned, like, the last Hellraiser movie. Yeah, it actually looked pretty cool. There was some pretty neat stuff they did, but it was very, very gory and bloody, and the cameras were moving really fast, like the saw shit, mm-hmm. you know? And I can't deal with that, right? But I've met some people at these horror conventions where I literally, I'm like, you know, nice, like, hey, did you see that zombie anal massacre movie, blah, blah, blah? And I'm like... It's called Toxic Zombies. I'm like, no, dude, I didn't see it. Dude, you got to go buy it. It's like five bucks over there, man. Yeah, Toxic Anal Zombie. Toxic You're going to love it, man. It's like just anal zombies and blood shooting all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's going to blow your mind. And I'm like, dude, love you, buddy. 
but you're freaking me out right now. Yeah. It just isn't my thing. And maybe it's just going to be people. Now. The people I meet at the conventions are always surprised that I don't know probably 80% of the movies, the horror movies that have come out in the past 20 years. Because I, like you, I just don't, it's not that I don't have a stomach for it. I just, I want something good. I want something, I want a, the full meal. You know, I want the shining. I want, I want something that's more than just horror. It's, that's it's something that's speaking to something deeper within the human psyche, you know. So yeah. just blood for blood's sake, or you know, gore for gore's sake. I, if if people are a fan of that's great, but I'd rather spend my time on something. So I, it's all about time management for me. So I want to spend my time with works of art, you know. But not, and that sounds very snobbish, but I just don't really have much time for just straight out gore, just for gore's sake, you well, know. No, that's, that's just me. Yeah. No, I I don't think that's snobbish to say that because I've. I've had the same thoughts myself. And yeah, of course, the people that like those films, they're going to call you a snob. That's me. Yeah, that's you, that's right? That's me. I watched, I, there's a movie called Anthropopagus, aka, <laughs> AKA the Grim Reaper. Okay. It's a Joe D'Amato film from the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, where a oh, guy wow, rips okay. out his, Joe D'Amato's the cannibal holocaust guy. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right, yeah right. and the grim the, <laughs> this one has a guy who <laughs> rips out his own intestines and eats them as well as stepping on a pregnant woman's belly and ripping out the baby and eating it oh come on oh man. wow it's amazing <laughs> too much for it's me. amazing <laughs> no you know you know okay in fairness now i made my point and in fairness though too i mean i don't have the stomach for it however i've seen some of, some of these people that do these special effects mm-hmm and they look really good. Oh yeah, I mean when it's when it's that stomach churning where it's like, oh my god, I, I'm going to be sick if I watch this anymore. I mean that to me, I mean it does say something. Like there's something very, you know, they, these are very talented people. I think it's just more yeah. a matter of taste for me now. I think for me, yeah, it, it's the same way with me, Max. When I watch a horror film, yeah, I I think I want to be more disturbed now than I am right. than I am like freaked out or grossed out or something like that. I want something to sit under my skin. I want to leave going, oh my God, like that premise really messed my head up a little bit. That that really bothers me a little. You know, that's that's interesting right. because Max, before we get on the phone with you, Scott was talking about some Ari Aster films. We were talking about Ari Aster last week. Hereditary. Yeah. Hereditary, yeah. Right? yeah. That has a scene where a woman cuts her own head off with a piano wire. Yeah, you're right. That's pretty fucking gory. That's, you're right. <laughs> that's really gory. But I think the way it was presented, though, too, because it, it isn't just like some full-on shot of somebody. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. It isn't just some full-on shot of somebody cutting their own head off with a piano wire. It's the first thing. If you remember, you hear like the, yeah. You hear the sounds, and you're like, and to me, I'm like, what the hell is that sound? And then the kid looks up in the corner, and that's the thing that makes it even more freaky is that she's suspended in the corner. Right. There's like nothing holding. She's just suspended in the corner with a piece of piano wire. Doing that thing to herself. Yeah, gory, oh as hell. gory as hell, but I think it's like really, I thought it was very artistic. I thought it was very classy. I mean, mm-hmm. I dare, I know what I'm going to say it. It was very classy how that was classy. presented. It was how it was presented. But yeah, you're right. That That is one of them weird things. Like, well, dude, you say you don't like gore like that, but you want, I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, but that to me, as I was saying, I think that's just something a little bit more it's it's on the next level for me, I guess. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm be, maybe I am a snob, Rob. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Have you guys uh, seen the movie uh, Brightburn yet? About no. The, oh it's basically like the the dark Superman kind of tale. Yes, I love it. It's on my list. Yeah, I I found that to be 
I was I was shocked by the gore in that movie because I, I didn't know what I was expecting from that movie anyway, and uh, so the the gore and I thought it was really turned up, and I thought it worked for it because it basically he's like a you know a serial killer, you know. Yeah, well, and that's the thing with gore though too. Maybe maybe that's where it is for me now. It's just like we were talking about with 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 Hereditary. If it's something clever. Mm-hmm. I could. I'm like, that's really clever. Yeah, that's freaky, but it's really clever. Well, you Brightburn, know? you don't expect it. Like yeah. Brightburn, you watch like the trailers and stuff, and you're like, oh, it's like evil guy, evil, right. evil Superman. And then there is one scene with a uh, with a with a truck with a car crash that is. Oh, yeah, that was hardcore. I mean, one of the, more more extreme than Anthropopagus, okay? More extreme than that because it was, yeah. you know, not it was made in 2019 and not 1985 out of plastic. It was, <laughs> but I what remember watching that, that movie. Shot the, uh, the was it the restaurant with the the glass breaking and the woman's eye? Oh, and I got that. chills! That was, I got chills was... right now. <laughs> 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 I have chills right now from that scene. Yeah, that's a that's a. That, yeah. That they, was... Well, speaking of superheroes, did you guys see? Did you guys see the boys? That's on Amazon. I think it's on Amazon. It's called uh, the Boys. I haven't. Yeah, yeah I've I seen haven't clips. seen that yet. Check that out. We we just finished up the first season. Amber and I did, and that's a bizarre series, and it's about superheroes. Yeah, but it's oh okay. But it's got some gratuitous gore in it also, but it is clever. It's a very clever series. It's so, cool. spoiler alert! I seen on YouTube like a you know they have those little like fifteen second clips from a show and yeah like, yeah I was yeah. like, what's this show about? I'll click it and one of the characters has super speed like the yeah. Flash A Train and name. he runs through someone yeah A Train in the most oh, graphic wow. way yeah. you could ever imagine A Train yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a clever series it's mm-hmm. really cool but it's it's about superheroes also yeah but no I mean that's just going back to the convention thing yeah. I, I, that's just my thing. As I just like some, I think what's happening now with with cinema, as far as horror is concerned, is in the last five, I'll say five to seven years, it seems like there's been um, this movement to push the envelope as far as you can, right? And right. I'll openly admit that I've watched a lot of these movies out of a morbid curiosity because I just want to see where pe- you know how hard people are pushing the button now, right? And it seems like there's, and it's gotten to a point where there's been some that I really like. Martyrs, the French version of oh, Martyrs. God. That movie's that's a hard movie to watch. All, it's a, all French movies. It's a Ugh. beautiful film. It's a beautiful film yeah. to watch. Inside, um, have you ever mm-hmm. seen Inside? Oh, Inside is ridiculous. Um, you know, there's a handful of those movies that I think are really well done. Um, they're very clever and they're very disturbing and they're extreme films, mm-hmm. right? And then there's a hand that I've seen. I'm like, okay, dude, you're just trying to be like you said, Max. You're just trying to be shocking. Yeah, you're just trying to shock me, um, and it's you know it's not even really that clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and being gross just to be gross. Yeah, it's just I'm not into it. Yeah, it's just not my thing. So, but you know, you get you get a lot of that at the conventions. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Oh yeah, it's I keep, fun. I keep you know, looking I at my phone. For that, I mean, there was a time in my life when you know we used to sit around in, in like a party atmosphere and watch films like that, like Toxic Avenger, and you know, just they were they were fun more than uh, something unsettling. You know, even though you know. It, there was a, a lot of those movies in the eighties that were that way, you know, but, uh, there were a lot of fun to watch. And I think there's the films yeah. from the eighties to this day, like a lot of the reanimators and the Lovecraft inspired stuff that I really still dig. So I think that those, you know, and that's why, you know, a lot of people say the eighties, 
the late seventies and the eighties were like the golden era of like, you know, horror films because mm-hmm. they were they were clearly not based in any kind of reality. They were fun. They were you know, they were scary films to a certain degree, but even as a young child, I was watching them going, these are fun to watch. These are great. This is insane. This is cool. You know what I mean? That that element of reality wasn't there that we see now, I think. People want reality right. now. That's why you get all this, a lot of the found footage films and things like that. Um, and it's like, yeah, I do like some of that stuff too. But, I mean, that era we were talking about, they were so off, they were just so off the charts and hilarious in some ways. Even when they were trying to be serious, some of the stuff that, the props that were done, they just came off fucking yeah. funny, mm-hmm. you know? That doesn't mean they they were bad. Mm-hmm. That's just how they came off, right? Like but one of the... like uh, Evil Dead 2. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a comedy, but it's also very dark and serious and, uh, you know. Cream corn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that? I didn't mean to cut you off. Cream corn. I mean, yeah. they, they they were using cream corn you know, for, for for set, you know, for props. Mm-hmm. For my doom. kids love that movie. Yeah, I mean, Evil Dead and Evil Dead oh, Two. Yeah. Like they're phenomenal. My seven year old, swallow your soul, swallow your soul. Yeah, it, oh yeah, it, they're phenomenal. You know, I mean, so that era, yeah, it was the golden era, I think, of horror because mm-hmm. it it didn't have this. It, it was detached from reality. I think, yeah, completely detached from reality. Hellraiser brought that. Uh, kind of sophistication to it. Yeah, um, it was smart, right? Totally. Yeah. It, was, it was smart. It I was think the, one of the best things that, that that the film really did was the, the score for the Hellraiser and and Hell, Hellbound by Christopher Young was just you know it it made it something else. It transcended just the normal um, use of that orchestra and everything like that. It's just really really cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I've always they're not they're totally different films, but it had the same effect on me. Was you know the score from Hellraiser two, especially from Hellbound, and the Black Hole, the the nineteen seventies Disney uh, sci fi film. I don't know if either one of you guys have seen Black it. Or not. Hole. The Black Hole, oh, yeah, yeah. It's one of my all time oh, favorite sci fi films. That the score they use for that movie is off the hook, man, um, and it brings it makes the whole thing just feel more massive. The gravity you feel, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful, and the same thing with Hellraiser. You just it brings that gravity on you, and that's what makes it way more dramatic, too. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. what, it, what it does. So, yeah, I mean... I've never seen this. It's amazing. Um, now, you were talking about... Um, you were doing... You're doing collaborations also with other people. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. We've Over the years, especially since, you know, past 14 years since I talked to you last, yeah, we've yeah, been a lot's happened. different uh, people. <laughs> yeah, a lot's happened. What, I want to know about a couple of these things. Is it, yeah, you said you've done some, uh, you know, artists, writers, and photographers. What are some some of the stuff you've done with these people, or at least a handful of people? Well, uh, one of the boxes, uh, we actually got in contact with uh, somebody who actually worked on Hellbound uh, movie. Uh, uh, her name's Anna Labat. She uh, was an understudy for Bob Keane, who was the the main special effects guy there. So she was on that movie. And anyway, she designed the box where it's called the lost configuration. It's, it's really, it's probably one of my favorite boxes that we sell just because of the detail. But, uh, we also have a artist that we, from the very beginning, we've been working with steel ghost. Um, and he, um, he's been a good number of our boxes. And, um, so, uh, we've also been able to get in contact with Paul Kane, who is a, um, he's basically a, a hellraiser anthologist. He's put together, a book called The Hellbound Hearts, 
He's also put out a book called uh, Hellraiser, and it's uh, the films and its legacy. But uh, yeah, he actually uh, wrote a story for um, our uh, site for the, what's called the Scribe Configuration. So yeah, we we had all kinds of run-ins with different people. He even had Ashley Lawrence, you know, who played uh, Percy in the Percy, movie. She's yeah. been, she's a big enthusiast for our website, and we've been talking about doing something together as far as making a box. But um, I'm yeah, looking at the lost so, configuration right now, and this thing is absolutely stunning. It's isn't it? Beautiful. It's really cool. It is absolutely beautiful. It's so detailed and so ornate. Um, and these are people just working on new boxes as far as just, I mean, when you get together with people, like like for the lost configuration, this was just her idea. Uh, I forgot her name. Labatt, yeah. you said? Yeah, I basically just let her set her free. She she does some really high-level art for like uh, a lot of like commercial work, uh, but she's she, she's always said that uh, the work for the Pyramid Gallery is amongst her favorites she's ever done because, just because of uh, the 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 freedom. Because I didn't tell her anything to do. She just basically took the ball and ran with it, just seeing what we had done already with the gallery. So yeah, it's it's a really cool box. Do you guys make like custom boxes? Like uh, like if somebody wanted some kind of custom box, custom music, custom like, look, something here's like that. The deal. I, get, I get asked that question a lot. The, the problem is, is that it costs me like to put out a new design. It costs me like two grand to put out wow. a new design. So it's not something I can. And that's making like a large number of boxes that I can, uh, you know, stockpile to sell. But uh, yeah. Doing, as far as one off, it, it, it's just too expensive a, of a process gotcha. to, um, to, to, to do just like a one-off. Well, these are all handmade I, too, aren't they? What's that? You do these all by hand, Max. You've, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you've been doing, and it's been like this since you started. That was one of the things we talked about back in the day. It's like, wait, you so each one of these things, you hand cut everything, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. dude, that's crazy, man. You know, back when I uh, was on the show last time, I had just started experimenting with um, uh, <clears throat> putting music in the boxes. And I think back then, I'd actually that there was a key that stuck outside of the box that you would turn. But so the the next innovation was making it the actual dial, the circle dial that you you twist. Yeah. And so uh, from that point on, that's when I I think that's what kept me from going to the conventions is because I wanted to to make a music box in that fashion to sell it at the conventions. And so I waited until I had that all settled and, and started doing the conventions in 2012. So it was like, you know, 11 years after I started the gallery yeah. before that, I was just offering basically uh, paperweights, you know, they were just these solid um, uh, boxes made with uh, photo etched brass and things like that. So, yeah. uh, so yeah. anyway, that's what I offer different. Now there's a handful of people that make boxes out there uh, and they do it. And uh, some do them, exactly the way that it's done in the movies with the, with the brass covering the, the, the wood body and the wood shows through. I, I make these solid boxes because, you know, the boxes that were made for the movies, they tend to peel if you handle them too much, the, the thin brass will peel. So I use a, 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 like a, was it, 0.020 uh, uh, thick uh, piece of brass that's photo etched, which is basically, it's, it's, it's not, it's a solid piece of, of metal that has like a, yeah. um, a relief that's filled in with like a black enamel. But yeah. anyway, it, it proves that you, you can you can handle them. And I've had people have had the boxes, you know, fifteen years, and they look as good as they did the day they bought them. So mine stays in a glass case. No one's allowed to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> I I bring it out. I let people you know like handle it. But I'm like, it's one of those things where I'm like, dude, you can handle it for a couple of seconds, mm -hmm. and then you put it down. Yeah. I have to handle it because usually we're drinking when yeah. this is going on. So it's like, yeah. you're, right. you're drunk. You drop this box. I'm going to kill you. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to literally yeah. hurt you if you mess this box. Up. It's like one of my favorite things. And as sturdy as they are, they're, they, if you drop them, you, you could ruin it. You know, yeah. still, as, as 
as sturdy as it is, but uh, it's, it's meant to be handled with the hands, but maybe not dropped from any, any, any height at all, you know? Yeah, totally. Now, one of the things that also is on pyramid-gallery.com, uh, mm-hmm. back when I thought it was a real site, <laughs> um, yeah. it was, there was a lot of like stories because, you know, each one of the boxes you had on the site at the time, it, 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 there was a story attached to it, mm-hmm. right? which was just fascinating. Yeah. And a lot of this, you know, was kind of going into like a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff that it, you were tying these stories in to a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, and, and, I still am. Yeah, I've, I'm actually working on a story now that has to do with the Hellfire Club in the, in in uh, London. What? Uh, so yeah, I'm still dabbling in that stuff. Why? Why did you decide to try to tie that in? As far as you know, as far as like this, this is a work of art. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, pyramid-gallery.com. It's a work of art that pulled me wow. up, as I said before, right? And what? What? I guess what part did you come to where you're like, I want to incorporate this into the story of these boxes as far as well i you know these that, ideas that graphic novel that came out uh back in like 96 95 is the the Le marchand's journal um uh, the book of the dam volume three and the writer of it uh, is a uh, it was his first comic book he worked on for it's basically a, a, a subsidiary of marvel it was uh, epic comics yeah but um I mean, it was, this was his first story, and he was given to write basically the journal of Philip Le Marchand. His name is John Rosen. I, I've got a chance to get a hold of him uh, through Facebook and everything. And so, yeah. and he, so anyway, he loves the gallery too now. But uh, anyway, the this, this story basically touched upon all kinds of things, like the street designs of Washington, D.C. and New York, you know, being these um, these laid out geome- geometrical patterns made by the Freemasons. And, yep. And so I, I started studying the stuff, and I started studied the um, oh, there's the bicephalus eagle, the, the two-headed eagle that the Masons have, which has the phrase "ordo ad cal," which is order out of chaos. Yep. And so I was, this is back in 2000. So I'm reading all this stuff about order out of chaos, and going into uh, these these terms, and then you know, 9/11 happened. That just threw me off the deep end because I was studying all this stuff anyway, yeah. and without saying one way or the other about me, anyway. Is that that is during this time when I was first released the gallery? You know, it's, it's, I had released the gallery like in May of of two thousand one, and then you know September two thousand one is when the event happened. So, yep. uh, but anyway, uh, that just threw me even deeper into it because I had already been studying for like like I said maybe five years before that all this all this kind of esoteric stuff, and um, it was really easy to tie it into the Hellraiser. Um, uh, storyline because you know in the second Hellraiser film we got this thing called Leviathan which is the god you know that the Cenobites serve Lord of the Labyrinth and, yeah and so like in 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 occultic uh, traditions Leviathan not just uh, occultic also uh, biblical there's this this idea of Leviathan being the state or being this 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 thing that over, that basically is our babies humanity's babysitter and it's it's here to bring order. To, to us because we're these we're these chaotic beings that need to be ordered around you know and that's the only way we can exist is, is through order and so this tied in just really beautifully with the um, with the, the mythology the hope that you know that not, not just Clive because I don't even think Clive had anything to do with the Leviathan in the second movie I, that was um, the director's name I can't remember his name right offhand right now but uh, Tony Randall thank you but uh, but uh, yeah so it's like it, 
these things kind of married up for me. And that is, so it's a culmination of these things I'm studying in the occult and also within the Hellraiser. It's real easy to marry them together. And so that's basically what my website basically sets it apart from a lot of the other fiction is that I'm really enthused by all these, these um, you know, this history that we have as humanity with all these mystery schools and, yeah. and what have you, you know. So If well, you look at alchemy, right? So yeah, I, d- I dabble in exactly. the conspiracy theory world a little bit. So yeah. if you look into some of the these kind of geopolitical kind of uh, uh, Illuminati is the, is the cliche mm-hmm. type of one. These or, these secret society type of things, right? If, if right. you had a Aleister Crowley type, a, a John D type of guy or mm-hmm. organization out there that was dabbling in the esoteric and the in the Gnosticism and stuff like that, you would think that Aleister Crowley has, you know. <laughs> a lament configuration somewhere in his dungeon. Well, yeah, right. I mean, to be used as we a actually have a bones, box on the right? website that has uh, a tie-in to Aleister Crowley. It's a, uh, it's called the Veil of. Um, oh, am I thinking of? It's uh, Veil of Sorrows, I believe. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember right offhand, but yeah, one of our boxes actually is. What, somebody uh, uh, sent it to me early on when I first designed the website, so it's it's out there. Yeah, and. <laughs> Well, the thing about let me, I want to ask you a question about this because I know you, telling a story about this, getting being exposed to these ideas, um, mm-hmm. people call it being woke now. That's what the term is now. You're woke, so right? right. Um, and I remember going through this like in 2003. It was it was it was not too long before we met Max. Um, yeah, where I dove into you know, the Masonic the Masonic Temple and things like that, and started and started questioning my grandfather, who's a 33rd degree, right? It started, you know, oh, just, wow. and you know, it started kind of getting into this, and you know, the Illuminati, and you know, all, you know, all the things that you kind of exposed to off the top of the bat when you, uh, when you start getting into this stuff, right? Behold the pale horse. Right. Somebody give you behold, behold the pale horse. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, cool. So, one thing I I I experienced when I started to really dive into this and start questioning everything, right, was this element of stress. I noticed that I had all the time this weight I had sitting on my shoulders. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, and we started talking about all this stuff, you know, like this, you know, uh, yeah, 9-11 was an inside job, you know, and all these mm-hmm. things. And I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that I'm for or against. I'm just presenting them, right? Direct energy right. weapons. Yeah. So <laughs> this, this gal and I were chatting at breakfast one morning, and I said, I just feel freaked out now. I feel like I'm I'm aware and I'm hyper aware of things now. I know more than other people may know, and I don't feel like I'm just your average working dude that goes to work every day and pays his taxes. And I, I there's something. She's like, yeah, stressful to be enlightened, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's where it is, right? Do you feel? I don't know how you feel now, Max, but did you ever experience that? When you were oh yeah you know, going yeah very extremes. So I've, I've you know I'm saying that uh, I think. To a lot of people, would be debilitating. It probably was debilitating to me too. But I just kind of found a way to to wade through it, you know. But you know, but there was a lot of things going on at the time too. You know, we had these wars in Iraq, and you know, I mean, you know, I'm saying there's so much has changed and so much has remained the same. So it's like, uh, you know, I I don't know what the council is as far as how to deal with that type of heaviness. A lot of people just put your head in the sand and not think about it, but. 
you know, I don't really believe in doing that. But at the same time, it does come with a lot of fucking suffering. I, I'm sorry if I'm, no. I didn't mean to. No, you you're, know, you're, but, you're uh, fine. You're okay. It, yeah, but, we don't uh, care about know, cussing. There, there is a lot of suffering that comes around with, with, like you said, the weight of that and, and some maybe some undue stress and everything. So, yeah, I, I think it is important to talk about that kind of thing, too, because this is still happening for people today. Yeah. Know, I may have had some, you know, shock after 9-11, but, you know, some somebody else is experiencing something close to 9-11 now, I, I would suppose. I mean, that that was such a huge event, though. So it changed, um, Well, it was something that changed all of us, I think. But, you know, yeah. what made me realize what I realized in that time when I was going through all that, and I still study the stuff now, was there were people that I was exposed to before that that would rant about these things, going, dude, no, it's the Grays. They're coming down here and taking all of our children. And, and you know, I mean, yeah, and all these, you know, and I would the go. The Lemurians. Yeah. I would go, oh, my God, dude, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're crazy dude you're nuts you got you're you're weirding out and but then you know after then i dove into it and started like connecting the lines up and understanding you know, you know listening to doc marquise talk about how he was a ninth order witch you know inside the illuminati and all these things and explaining like all this stuff you know down in very detailed information um mm-hmm. you know in hearing these things and going and you know hey at the time Listen, listening to Alex Jones. I mean, I listened to Alex Jones a lot back then. There was, uh, yeah, and he was one like, every day. He would pull something out to go mm-hmm. nuts about. But I thought he mm-hmm. had some pretty interesting material he was presenting to people at the time. Um, and I hate to say it, but some of the stuff he was talking about back then is actually happening now. <laughs> so I mean, tomorrow's not, news today. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, so I mean, what I, what I got, what I still have for that now is I find myself when. I'm in a situation and that person shows up and I say that person in quotes and they start going on about, you know, yeah, the space shuttle land, land, you know, all the, all the missions to the moon were faked. Kubrick. They're all, they're all, yeah, Kubrick did it. They're all <laughs> lies. They were all faked. I go, all right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Sure. I got my yeah. opinion. You got your opinion. I want to hear what you have to say about this. You made us. You made a statement. I want to hear all about it now. I'm not. I'm not trying. To, and I'm not trying to test anybody or grill anybody either. It's like, dude, this is super interesting to me. And you know mm-hmm. what? I appreciate your your mind for this because I've been through it. Right. This is what the mm-hmm. ancient Greeks did. Yeah. Right? The ancient Greeks sat around yeah. in their togas and said, "What's really going on, man?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What the hell's happening here? What is consciousness? What are these ideas? Yeah. And so, it's the same kind of thing. Maybe it's aliens disguise themselves as the wealthy people, or or, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. And you know, it, it's kind of like, man, it's kind of it 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 gets to a point where, uh, you remember when you was a little kid. And you found out about Santa Claus. Oh, man, a bunch of right? shit. That and then you're like, yeah. now I know why I couldn't go in my mom's closet. Yeah. Right? Now I <laughs> now I knew why, like, my, I had to give my mom the list. And, like, we didn't put a stamp on the thing to send it to the North Pole. And wait a second, the North Pole, nobody can live up there. It's negative 20 degrees. Yeah. And your mind starts going. That's why, like, when you get the conspiracy theory world, you're like, oh, what? They did, what, MK, MK Ultra? They, yeah. they were what? And then you look and you're like, MK often, MK often, that was the thing where instead of experimenting with psychedelic drugs, they were experimenting with witchcraft, the CIA experimenting with witchcraft. And you go, wait a minute, the what they were doing? What? Huh? Yeah. And then, then that's when you get in that rabbit hole and you start asking questions and you start seeing the holes. Like, what are you doing over there? You can't, I don't know about you, Max, but I mean, I can't equate 
the idea of what is a, what is equal to magic being utilized by what we call our government. Mm-hmm. Like them, mm-hmm. them entertaining this idea of like, okay, well, we found out about, there's a really great book I, I read recently. Um, uh, Neil Stevenson, one of my favorite authors, he co-authored it with, uh, with another lady. I forgot her name, of course, right now. I, could, I, I should look it up. But it was called The Rise and Fall of Dodo, which is short uh, for Department of Diachronic Operations. And it's about, yeah. it's about, you know, and I'm not going to spoil it by saying this, but basically it's about the government utilizing ethereal forces mm-hmm. as, a, as an organized thing. Is this the minutes Derek Goats type of stuff? Yeah. Well, a yeah. mm, little bit. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the things that made me think about. That's why I mentioned that. Is that you know, no, that's a, that's a work of fiction, yeah. right? But it, I don't think it's beyond any realm of belief that the government ha- – well, they have. For fuck's sake, they have. Well, they, yeah. it, they have. Well, so Project Stargate, for example, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a good example right there. They have entertained these ideas. Astral projection. Yeah. The minute stare at goats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean. All the Indiana Jones stuff with the Nazis and the Nazi Vril Society. Like Hitler used to walk around with witches. Yeah, like, for Christ's real... sake. So, I mean, I, mean I, I think the idea is like, okay, well, how do we get the edge? Let's entertain this idea. Mm-hmm. And that leads us down a whole crap load of these insane rabbit holes that we're talking about right now. Um, the well, you know, one, one of my favorite authors is Philip K. Dick, and uh, one of the things he would, would do is that he would take an idea about something, experience that he might have had, maybe a vision, and he'd first say maybe it was from God, or maybe it's from the satellite that's orbiting the Earth that's getting, you know, beaming him this information, or maybe it's the Soviet Union that's giving him this information to try to make him a, a counter-spy, or, or maybe it's the devil. Or maybe it's because I'm fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, he, would, he, he, would, he yeah. would explore every level of where these visions were coming from. Well, and that, and, and that's and he would, yeah. Go, I'm sorry. So I, I think that there's a. I think there's a, a, a. I think that's an important lesson to be able to view things from more than one perspective, and to be able to do that instead of just pulling up into, into one one answer about anything. You know. Well, so. and I, you know, and that's that speaks volumes about where we're at as a society today. Right, mm-hmm. we yep. have this idea that ideas we have are our identity. Right now, well, the first right. thing I want to say about that is what you just illustrated there beautifully. I might add is this idea, and that's what I think that's what makes people who are really heavily into this stuff and spend their time studying this stuff. It does make them a bit eccentric. It may make them a little twitchy too, right? Because they're spending mm-hmm. all they're spending a lot of their time, I should say. Um, you know, entertaining all these insane ideas. Well, maybe it's an alien. Maybe it's Santa Claus. Maybe it's the government. Maybe it's maybe it's the owner of GM. And maybe you know it could be anything, right? You know, and you're trying mm-hmm. to draw all these lines when you don't really have any clues of anything that that's solid. I would say, right? It's it's frustrating. Right. It's totally frustrating. So, uh, but I think that's a good thing though too. I think you know, as people, why not entertain all these ideas? I mean, sometimes you got to draw the line and go down a path. I get that. That's how you live life. But sure. um, I think it's okay to have I, you know, more ideas. We're stuck in this idea now, young people and old people alike, I think, right now in our society today, where we're, we're on this idea that we, we, we're only allowed to have one opinion about something. And, we're not mm-hmm. in, and once you lock that in, you're not allowed to flex on that. 
You're not allowed to listen to other viewpoints or, or, you know, or God forbid, you're not allowed to change your opinion and say, you know what? Right. That makes sense, man. You know what? You're, I, I was, I was kind of thinking this made sense, but what you just explained to me made a whole lot more sense. I'm cool with that. You know, I want to, I want to entertain this idea some more. Right. And you don't even have to like, say, that's what I agree with. You can say, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Let's talk more about that. Right. Right. There's this weird so, thing. You know, it's like with you, you mentioned the moon landing earlier. It's like I'm totally undecided. I'm open to hearing more information. I'm open to hearing people prove it or disprove it or whatever. But it's it's kind of just like one of those things that I don't really pick a real solid answer on. I'm just still open. It's, it's still out for delivery, you know. Well, it's again, it comes down to this idea of question everything, right? So mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I've said I've had people say this say, say this to me too, and I know we you've probably heard this also. There's no wars going on. It's all made up. It's all a big production, man. It's all a big production. There's no wars. Have you been over there? Have you been over to Iraq? Have you been over there? No, you haven't. I haven't. You know, uh, right. no, you haven't. So how the hell you know if there's a war going on? Oh, the news told you. Which right. I I can't argue with that. I can't argue with someone's logic on that. Saying, dude, you don't. You really don't know. You're only. You only know what you're being told by other people, right? Mm-hmm. And who do you, and that's what it comes down to, I think, when you're, and that's why you get people that get a bit twitchy and they get a bit eccentric about these things, because the end of the, the end of the road always comes to, who the hell do I trust now? I don't, right. I can't trust anybody. Uh, the closest thing I got to, as far as the war thing, you know, I, I had a cousin who came back, you know, serving there and, and he's, he's, you know, definitely messed up. He was messed up instantly. Uh, but when he came back, he came back a different person. So something happens at some place. Yeah. And like you said, I, I'm not convinced if there's a war or not a war, but I do know that he's messed up from something, you know, regardless of, of yeah. where it took place, you know. So. I have a dear friend who works for the VA in Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida. He, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a counselor for the Veterans Administration. So he, every day he, he has multiple cases he works on with veterans who have come back from battle who are shell shocked? I know that's that's like the old oh, term, yeah. school term of it, post traumatic stress disorder, uh, operational whatever. Uh, but there's a million names for it. But I mean, they're mm-hmm. shell shocked. They can't function normally anymore because all they know how to do is take orders from people and do. Th- you know, there's a lot yeah. of issues with that. When you watch someone get get blown up, I know for a fact what death I've been exposed to personally. It's changed. Mm-hmm. It's changed. Oh yeah, I knew. You know, I, I don't want to go too deep in this, but when I watched my grandma die, that moment when that was happening, I knew in that moment that I was going to walk away from that situation a different person. It was going to alter yeah. me in some way at the DNA level because mm-hmm. those experiences right there, they affect you that deeply. So take that into a battlefield where you have a guy that you were just smoking a cigarette with or having a cup of coffee with and, and talking about mm-hmm. your, your girlfriends or something like that and laughing and all of a sudden a cluster bum comes down and blows this person up right in front of you. Right, right. That to me, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna alter your DNA. It's gonna alter you, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that, Max. I mean, I I, ha- I hear firsthand accounts from my buddy. You know, I mean, all on you know, just saying, dude, yeah, there's some really messed up people that are coming back for me. So you have all that. So it's like, okay, there is there is a war going on here. There's a war going on, but I can't help myself to entertain the idea of what I said a few minutes ago of. Right. Maybe it's all just a bunch of shit. <laughs> Maybe it's all a bunch of right. bullshit. And 
Maybe these people get sent to some weird Disney World park that has that shit blows. I don't. I, no, there's too many of them. There's too many of them. And I'm not. You know, here, and to be very clear, I mean, I'm not belittling the armed forces in any way. I mean, I do. I never, I never served, and I'm ashamed to be honest with you. Um, I and I, I think I may lean more towards the idea. Yeah, there's this stuff does happen. War, unfortunately, I think is part of the human condition. Why though? Yeah. I think why is the question. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is the why is the war happening? When that's where you start. Well, it's oil, oil, man. oil, oil. It's like man, oil. Get out of here. <laughs> well, there and there's that's where you go down another rabbit hole mm-hmm. where you're like, well, yeah, why? Why the hell are we? Why are we in? Why are we in war again? Why are we battling again with this country now? Yeah. Why? Why are they the supervillain now? George Orwell told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this whole thing with you know. And I don't even like to call them conspiracy theories because as soon as you call something conspiracy theory, I think it gets it gets put into a negative connotation right there. As soon as you say conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. um, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. This person, woo, woo, and then you get doing a little finger thing on the side of your head or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I I never really ran away from that term because if it, if it you know what I'm saying people have theories about all kinds of things. You know, science is based on theories as far you know what I'm saying. So I mean. To actually look into something, think about the things like, you know, this Jeffrey Epstein thing that happened, you know, or think about the Gulf of Tonkin. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that need to be looked into. And if you look into them at at, at any level, you're going to see something fishy going on. Operation Northwoods. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. You know, and I I mean, yeah, look, I'm going to get a little weird now because Uh I mean, look at news now. Look at what news has become as far as how we how we digest news. Mm -hmm. You know where I'm going with this. It's not news. Well, it's just it's literal tidbits. I mean, news stories. I mean, and all the news people say the same thing. They're like the news cycle now is so ungodly aggressive. Mm -hmm. News stories have like a couple day staying power tops. And that's a major one. Like this Epstein thing, which, you know, that, but that, then that sends me down to this path going, okay, what is constituted as news? Because, you know, yeah, this Jeffrey Epstein thing, the only reason it's news is because the guy had a lot of notoriety, right? He was a famous person. He rubbed noses with a million Well, and also because of the the people that he was facilitating, you know, uh, I think that's the major thing. Yeah. It goes all the way up to the monarchy and stuff. You're correct. You're correct. So, I mean, what, but my question is, what constitutes what what is news? Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's my question. I'm saying is, like, it's like okay, it's fluff now. What what is what, what? Who decides what the fuck is news now? You ever get up and watch like AM local or news? You mean listen? Oh yeah, I, I yeah, can't watch. Not not oh, oh watch. Not 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 listen because the radio still has a little bit of integrity. But you've ever got up and watched it AM? No. morning news show where they they have a guy come oh, in hey, yeah, not the radio band they, hey, they yeah. have the guy come in and he he cooks eggs hey this is how you cook eggs and they have the health guy <laughs> oh yeah it's oh, no, more yeah. of entertainment Bullshit. than currently in the yeah. city of detroit uh the taxes are going to this and the taxes are going to that or whatever right yeah they're, they're not that they're like oh, there's a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> this this neighbor was walking their dog and they seen a squirrel with a hat on hey but, but that's why I love podcasts. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like podcasts. You know, one, they're a long form discussion. You don't have a million commercials punching in and out, right? You can take a person and they can they can explore an entire thread of thought. You know, in a span of time, however long right. it takes, right? 
without being, oh, we got to go to commercials, sorry. Which we all know you can't concentrate. Or, or you way. can't say that because of the sponsors. Or you can't say that because of the right. sponsors, right? Um, also, yeah. Our show, for example, and I'm not saying that it makes us great or anything like that. We don't have any sponsors. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Because I can pay for it myself. We, we can. We can pay for this ourselves. We pay for everything right. we do, right? And it's not, look how great we are at all. I don't need you. Don't want to be beholden. I don't want you. I don't want to be a part of that machine because I've seen some really amazing broadcasts that started as internet radio shows like we were in the early 2000s, right? Um, become podcasts, what they call podcasts, and get picked up. And I've unfortunately watched that formula, the beautiful formula they had originally that was pure and honest and real become completely diluted because now they have to punch a clock, basically. Mm-hmm. Literally a radio right. clock. Uh, and all that magic, I think, and the, and the content, the content, that's, to me, the most important part, right? Um, I don't think if you're going to do podcasts, you should never feel like you're limited by something. If you want to put limits on yourself, go ahead. It's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if someone else is telling you to do that, it's lame. Yeah, it's lame, right? So you've been Scott, you've been doing this for what fifteen years? How long have you? How long has Ghostly Talk been well, uh, Ghost, on the air? Ghostly Talk went for like eight years, and then we took a break. We got burned out. Yeah, the theme song says two thousand and two. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Okay, but, okay. So technically, yeah. Well, well I, I just find that that's that's excellent, dude. I, I mean, that's the coolest thing that you still ha- have it in you to uh, to keep doing a podcast, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's a lot about your enthusiasm for your voice and also the voices of the people who you interview. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So. Ghostly talk was like Exodus, the band, because Exodus played for a number of years <laughs> and then they, they took a break for a little while and they came back. We're the same thing as Exodus. Right. No, 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 I know. And I appreciate that. Thanks, Max. Um, but no, I think, you know, but coming back to this thing though, and we've been at this now for three and a half something years again. Um, my attitude, I know, is a lot different. I've been very open about that here, too, where I'm like, okay, look, you know, even when we were doing our thing in the earlier days, we still felt like we had, we had lines we couldn't cross. Um, and that mm-hmm. was, it was fine. I think we still had a lot of fun. I, enjoy, I don't regret a minute of it. But when we came back to it again, I'm like, dude, okay, look, we're going to do this. It's going to be a bit of a different formula, right? And this mm-hmm. show right here is proof of that because we have only spent maybe the last 20, 25 minutes talking about conspiracy theories, which I guess would be kind of in the rails of what the show is about, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, right. I want to talk about other cool stuff. I want to talk to Max Lictor for the next hour about Hellraiser because yeah. that's stuff that I fucking love, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, I still like talking about weird stuff as we do all the time. Uh, but that whole thing to me is just, that's when it comes to information now. Going back to that point, there's a lot of stuff that I'm listening to now. I'm talking about, you know, new podcast where people are, they're hitting the bricks. They're out there working it. And they're like, look, mm-hmm. you're, you're, it's the same idea that I think we all have here. It's like, you know, and I'm not calling for some revolution either here. I'm just, I'm presenting ideas. It's the internet. It's, it, it's well, the yeah. internet destroying all the old structures and the it old is, structures trying to rebuild themselves mm-hmm. on the internet. And you have people building their own, their own uh, productions. It's not all that hard to do anymore. Nope. And people are coming out there going, look, you know, you can listen to us. Go ahead. We don't care. I, that's how I feel about it now, mm-hmm. too. It's like, listen to us. Don't listen to us. It don't matter to me. We're doing this because we mm-hmm. like to do it. And 
this is, I don't think there's there's I've never had any there's been talk about it in the in the past but I have not I personally have not had any person come up to me and say you shouldn't talk about that or something bad might happen to your kitty oh, cat. Oh, they will you know, after this one. Right, we said Epstein. <laughs> uh, yeah, we said Epstein. We're Hillary, Hillary's coming for Good us. Good thing we don't use YouTube. We'd have been totally demonetized <laughs> right there. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's you have there's a lot of broadcasts that I think are changing. Well, they've been changing it for the last 10 years, longer than that. They're changing this landscape where, you know, I think it's people that are asking that same question of, how do, is this real? Because... Because MSNBC or whoever is telling me that this is real, maybe I don't believe that. Right. I want to find out. I'm going to do my own legwork, and then I'm going to present it. The whole mm-hmm. Joe Biafra line, don't hate the media, become the media. Been mm-hmm. living by that for years, man. Yep. It's true. It's totally true. So, it, But it comes back to that same idea we talked about a second ago. Who do you trust? <laughs> right. Who the hell do you trust? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. even the podcast, I mean, if you want to be ultra paranoid. You don't even trust yourself, brother. I don't trust. I don't even trust. You anybody. don't even trust yourself. Goes to talks a bunch of shit. We're just talking a bunch of shit. That's why you, that's why you just, that's why I said it goes back to the, to the ancient Greeks, right? The, the, the yep. way those guys would talk and sort stuff out. They would, it, it was play, right? It was playful. Yeah. It was well, maybe this is going on, and maybe this is going on. Let's see if this is what's really happening, right? It was playful, and like they did not, in technical terms, they did not write mem, right? They did not commit it, right, yeah, to yeah, to yeah. to to their brain space. Mm-hmm. What well, we have a lot today is somebody hears something and they go, "Oh yeah, that's it." That write that to my hard drive forever. Well, that's what we were right? saying. You stepped away for a second, and that's exactly what we were talking mm-hmm. about. People's ideas become their identities now. Yeah, and they and they can't break that. Mm-hmm. You can't, heaven forbid, that you may be presented with a, an, another idea that you may be like, oh, that makes more sense. Right. That makes more sense to me. There's no, pl- there's no play in it. There's no, there's, there's no play yeah. at all. Exactly. You're right. There's there right. no play. There's no flexibility here. Um, you know, and I, I like to think every day that I have a perception of mine changed by somebody, right? Because, I mean, really, I mean, if you were a person and like you... Let's think about this for a minute. And I want you guys to tell me what you think about it too. So let's just say you're born and you live your life up to 20 years old, which isn't really even an adulthood. You're still a child. Let's say 25 years old. Yeah. You've been through some shit by then. Your right? frontal cortex is yeah, yeah. developed at that yeah. point. So let's say 25. <laughs> 25. You have 25 years from birth to 25 if you make it that far. And when you hit 25, that's it. They do some type of thing with your brain where they lock all those ideas in. And it's up to you to learn as much as you can by the age of 25. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Your opinions, your perceptions, excuse me, your ideas, everything is all locked in. And you can't grow. You can't learn. You can't do anything else. You live the rest of your life like that. And that's it. Yeah, Think about no, that for a second. No, that's not fun. <laughs> no, it no. isn't. I mean, I think it would be really scary. Uh huh. Well, some people are like that, though, right? I think a lot oh, of yeah. people are like that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like that now. It it scares the crap out of me because it's like, dude. I mean, and you know what? I mean, I, I try. I'm trying harder not to bash on young people <laughs> because I'm like, look, you know. And like I said a few minutes ago, when I hear an opinion from somebody who's much younger than me, I'm like, tell me all about it. 
I'm, I want to understand things. I, I mean, I don't want to be that creepy. I mean, I don't want to be that weird old guy trying to be, hey, look at me. I'm hip. I'm cool. But it's like, no, I want to hear what young people, I, I want to hear what these ideas are. I don't want to be totally switched off and disconnected, right? I want to know what, what's going on. Um, so I'll, I'll listen to that. But then I'll listen to what's being presented to me a lot of times, and I'm like, okay, what you have here is your perception of things where you're at right now in your life. And that's cool. Because I was there too. And that's why I'm telling you in another 10 years, you're going to look at it totally different, right? But I'm not going to, right. but that's belittling to talk to somebody. That's that very ageist of you. It is very, it is very <laughs> ageist, but it's not, but it's not something that I'm telling them though. Yeah. It's what's happening in my mind. I'm going, yeah. okay, you know what? That's cool. I get that. And you can navigate those waters how you want to navigate them. But I'm knowing, just knowing like, okay, that's a, that's a perception mm -hmm. of where you're at and you're going to grow. You're going you're gonna to be presented with new ideas down the road. You're going to have things happen to you. You're going to have experiences that change your DNA and change your mind. And you're going you're gonna to come to other conclusions down the road. That's my whole point. Because yeah. you, mm -hmm. you have that freedom to do that. You have that in your core that you can learn and your, your mind can change. I wouldn't say expand. Maybe your mind can change. You can get new ideas. Uh, people want to be right, you know. So I do a lot of trolling on the internet. Oh yes, we know, right? <laughs> and and a lot of the trolling I do, it's weird, but it's genuine. Like, um, you know, sometimes I troll on posts on Facebook or on Twitter just to have my argument sharpened, right? So I'm right. I'm, a, I'm a fairly pro gun fella. Yeah. So sometimes I jump into anti gun posts and just troll. And just to see if, you know, when you have a thousand people on a post trying to poke holes in your argument, oh God, you really you just drop a bomb in that you, you drop a bomb, but it, 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 you know, every once in a while, somebody will say something and you're like, hmm, I didn't consider that. Right. Yeah. And that's cool. Right. But what most people do is they go mute block. Yeah. Mute block. Right. You know, like tw Twitter's a tough one. Like I had somebody who had blocked me on uh, uh, Twitter. And um, I, th I think it was because I was in a list of people who had followed the president or, or had mentioned his name, right? And they have right. instant lists on, on, on Twitter where, like, if you say Trump, you are in this list and you are automatically blocked. So what people do is they'll spell his name with a star, T-R, star, M-P. No, so uh, they, don't, so they don't get up in those instant block lists. But what I'm getting at is, like, where I dive into a pro, you know, a, an anti-gun post, and I'm like, yeah, I need him for hunting. What's up, assholes? <laughs> right? Jesus everybody, everybody else just goes block, mute, don't want to see him no more, right? Yeah. Instead of hearing the argument, instead of yeah. iron sharpening iron with the ideas, they just go, no, I think, and I think what it is is a lot of people are just like, this is what I think, what I think is right, and if anybody says otherwise, they're wrong and I'm right. And there's no debate. There's like no debating they, with that. They don't want to hear it because they That's don't want to be wrong. really been one of the worst things about social media is the fact that you, it's, it's gone beyond moderators and it's more just about people being able to, I mean, I'm not against it, but I really like the days of the, of the anonymous message boards for that. If, if you're into that type of trolling and that type of, <laughs> yeah. you know, combat, yeah. you know, it's, it was a lot better back better back then, but uh, yeah, today there's just too much micromanaging of people's accounts and things like that. Yeah, well, yeah, and, but there is that, like you said though, Rob. It's like I don't like that opinion, so now I have to literally do the equivalent of putting my fingers on my ears and going la 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 la. 
yep. <laughs> that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't like debating with people. I hate debating with people because, you know, I got my ideas and they got their ideas and that's cool, you know, about things. And I try, I, I just don't. I'm not into it. It's not my thing. Yeah. I have other things. I want to post pictures of records wrong. and food yeah. and cool stuff and fun stuff. Right? I like to be, I like for somebody to tell me I'm wrong. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would love to like find out too. I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm more prone to be into it more. And I do do my share of, I guess, debating face-to-face mm-hmm. with people. Like, we have conversations, right. we hang out, we have a beer, we chat, and we get into something, right? And you exchange ideas. And it's and it's spirited, and, it, and, it's, and it's fun to a certain degree, too. It don't mm-hmm. need to go... I mean, I've seen... We've all seen that before, where we've seen debates get into fistfights with people. Uh, I've seen it many times before, unfortunately. Don't need to go that way. Mm-hmm. It can be fun. You can have different... You can have different opinions. You can. Right. It's really cool. It makes things really interesting, too. Um, and you know what? You can listen to other people that have different opinions. It's not going to poison you. It's not going to make you sick. You're not going right. to die. True. Um, listen, I mean, I would. I mean, I like doing that. Like, mm-hmm. what is your trip? Like, what's, what's this thing? You're, what's your statement? What's your thing? Tell yeah. me all about it, man. And you know what? I may not agree with it, but at least I expose myself to it. Mm-hmm. That's why I get into conspiracy theories, right? Because yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. what, what, are you, what are you guys talking about over here? The Earth's flat. What? What is? What? Is, what is? You know? What is the Illuminati? <laughs> yeah. Right. What is the Brotherhood of the Snake? What are you guys doing? Yeah. We you had know? a flat earther on the show here not too long ago. Awesome. Earlier this year, we had a guy who who talks about the flat Earth, and That's awesome. And I'm like, let's hear all about it. Mm-hmm. I want to understand what the logic is behind this. And there was no judging. Mm-hmm. There was no judging at all. It's like, just tell me what it's all about. And he made some very interesting points. I think that's fantastic. That's what it's all about, Max. We've kept you so long here. I'm sorry. We've just been all oh, no, going around it. in I circles. Love it. And you, you guys are really, uh, you know, it's a stimulating conversation about these type of things. And it's, you know, it's kind of a heavy subject. I'm not sure how many people want to listen to it, but uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I had a great, I love it. I love it. So No, it, well, it's so good talking to you again, Max. I know it's been forever. And, you know, I, I was, you know, for the ho- for, you know, for the Halloween season here, I, we, we're not really celebrated too much with the show, but I want to talk to somebody special. And that's why I reached out to you just to say, hey, dude, can we, can we do this thing? Can we, can we get together again and have a conversation about the art that you do? And, and you know, I really wanted to thank you too. I mean, I really mean that, man. That was one of the well, coolest things that's ever been done for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you giving me that gift, and I'm going to show it to you later, Rob. It's yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh, yeah. I got to make a. I got to make a video. A uh, couple of the guys that uh, I write with. Yeah. Um, I, one of the guys. He's a huge Hellraiser fan. Yeah. He just finished the oh, cool. the Hell the Hellbound Heart. Yeah, the book. And yeah. uh, I'm like, I sent the link. And, uh, you know, knowing that I'm a troll, they're like, I'm not clicking that link. Like, no, no, no. You really want to click that link? And they're like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I told them, I'm, I'm saying, I'm going to get a video playing with one of these things. These things are cool. Oh, like, very oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So are you guys in the same room right now? Or Yes, we are. That, yeah. How, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're, in, we're in our little studio here. Uh, and Yeah, it's, uh, we, we, kind of, we kind of circulate here. Amber, who's usually on the show, she's... October's a bad month for Amber. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, because she's a writer and she does, you know, all her stuff. So she's doing speaking engagements like three or four nights out of the week. She's doing oh, library wow. things. So she's usually here, but she's, I'm literally tonight. She's speaking right now as we speak. Yeah, she's at she's at an engagement. So, but Max, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Um, this meant a lot to me, man. And you know, when we got to get together sometime, I, you know, if you come to a convention out here in Detroit, have you ever been out to Detroit? 
I have not yet. I've, I've been looking at a few. Uh, is, is it Motor City, Matt? Or is that yeah, uh, Motor, Motor City. What's the convention? Yeah, the Motor City. Um, yeah, Motor City, Matt. There was a name. I've been to the damn thing. Yeah, I'm not a convention guy. I want to know. Motor City. I think it is Motor City Horror Convention or yeah. something like that. Super good. Mm-hmm. Comic Con's out here. We have mm-hmm. a, we have the big Comic Con here. So if you get if, you got to keep me keep it. We're, we're we're always keep in touch, anyways. But there's a year or two ago, I was I, I was almost plotting a, a a trip to Detroit, and um, uh, yeah, I was going to get a hold of you if I was going to if, if I was coming that way, but uh, it fell through at the last minute. So uh, yeah, so I don't have anything planned. My next show I've got planned is the uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. Clyde Barker's going to be there in uh, May. Whoa, uh, May. First and third, and so it's going to be a big show. He he was there a couple of years ago. I've been doing it since like 2013. The Texas yeah. Frightmare. It's a huge convention, but uh, he was there a couple of years ago with the Hellraiser Union with all the Cenobites. And this year, I think they're focusing on Candyman. So they're going to have Tony Todd. Tony and, Todd. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of the actress. Um, Virginia Madsen. Oh, yes, Virginia Madsen. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. Are you going to have a Madsen. bunch of your collection there that that people could pick up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sell boxes from there every year. Okay. It's, it's one of my more successful uh, conventions because the masses of the people there, it's like even if there's the crowd is only 2% Hellraiser fans, there's so many people. But that's not the case. I, I think uh, I used to think that Dallas, Texas had the most Hellraiser fans in the world because of, <laughs> of the success we had down there. But really, it is about the numbers because there's just so many people. It's a, there's a lot of waiting in line if you're trying to get signatures and things like that but uh, i'm i'm mainly in the vendor room so uh, and the lines aren't super long in the vendor room but it gets really crowded but uh, yeah. especially when clyde barker's there it's a really good uh, show for me oh hell so. yeah mm-hmm. the man totally well thank you again max um can't thank you enough for spending some time with us here tonight and yeah we're gonna Not definitely problem, man. our paths will be crossing physically down the road it will be happening sooner or later i guarantee you Hey, bef- oh, good to hear, man. Before you go, I got one for you. So it's Halloween night, and you got to put together a doubleheader. What what two movies are you picking oh, yeah, there for you your go. Halloween night doubleheader? Halloween night doubleheader. Yep. Um, man, well, I mean, one of my favorite uh, movies is probably The Shining as far as uh, being a horror movie, uh, even though it, it, it's questionable if that's the real intention of it. Yeah. But uh, that and... Um, I don't know, man. I, I'd say Hellraiser, but I'm, I, that's kind of too easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I'd probably reach out for something I haven't seen lately, you know, so I, I haven't seen it all. But um, that, that's, that's something that me and my wife do. We try to uh, at least get a few horror movies in during the season. So, Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, def- definitely The Shining. That's, that's about as much as I can say. <laughs> the, shining, the Shining and something new that works out. That's yeah. actually cool. Yeah. You yeah, get, you get yeah. a classic and then you get something new. Yep. There, that's actually right. a great way to do it. Cool. Awesome. Thanks again, Max. Thank you, guys. Ghostly Talk. <laughs>